of this delightful podcast here in the Smart Start MN Studios in scenic and exceptionally fucking humid South Minneapolis right now. If you'll pardon my use of the French right there. This song right here, it's Pride Month, and I wanted to say something pro-Pride to kick off today's podcast. Um, But I feel uncomfortable as a middle-aged, possibly older, white, cisgendered male calling something a gay anthem. But I do remember the first time I ever heard this particular song right here, a German band known as ATC Here, a touch of class from where they are, and the song's called Around the World, La La La. Do we turn it up for like 10 more seconds? So it didn't come out till 2000, but back in the 90s, I had a couple friends and we would always go dance at the saloon. None of us were gay. In fact, we were all painfully straight, but we liked dance music and we liked dancing. Nobody in town at that point prior to rave exploding, you know, the whole rave explosion, maybe even the late 80s, was playing anything worth dancing to. And we'd go to the saloon and dance our asses off and get shit hammered and have the time of our lives. And so throughout the years, you know, like when you hear songs like this, I'm like, People who love dance music love to enjoy their life. They want to have a good night out. doesn't matter if they're straight, gay, yellow, blue, upside down, right side up, whatever the case may be. And all I could think about today when I was thinking about my frustration with Pride Month were songs like this, like songs that matter and songs that are an expression and an exuberation. You know, growing up, again, painfully straight, still called faggot every day in high school. Oh, yeah, that was lovely. That, that, I mean, that was, that, was kinda, that was kind of the default back then, even though I had a foxy girlfriend. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My point is, hatred is not cool. Love is cool. Why people get so fucking bunched up about someone you're never going to meet? You're never going to know. And it's not just about orientation. It's not just about gender fluidity it's not it could be color it could be race it could be religion it could be anything people need to mind their own fucking beeswax is that fair yeah i always say wait to judge somebody till they do you wrong and then you can judge them all you want but but before then there's really no reason to judge somebody and to me that's the whole bit right yeah. there right it's like dickheads come in every shape and color yeah. all over planet earth they really do and if someone's a dick to you it's not because they love this person or look that way or believe this thing they believe they're just a dickhead and you need to walk wide circles around those people so i guess i just wanted to start out i don't know why i got so mad and so worked up i just wanted to say happy pride month and june should not be the only pride month just like february shouldn't be the only black month or you know whatever the case may be pick a month it doesn't matter it should be that way all all day, every day, all the time. Thanks for tuning in to The Brian Oak Show. And oh, by the way, if you are a homophobe or you've decided that because of some ancient scrolls that were found in a cave that you read that gay people are doomed to eternal damnation, fuck off. Turn this podcast off right now. We are not interested in your patronage. We're not interested in your listening. It's time to stop being that way. Human beings evolve. We change. We grow. And if you don't want to grow that way and you don't want to accept it, then just stay away from it. All right? Do your own thing, but just... I don't know. Stop being a dickhead. Is that fair, Sean? Yeah, and I would say that's the same book that denigrates women and makes them second-class citizens and also mentions helping the poor like 384 times in that particular book, but we somehow seem to... Lay it down to the two times that laying down with another man is not okay. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Let's, hey, let's hey, not get hey. crazy. I didn't realize we were going to have to help the poor on this show. I didn't want to covet the neighbor's ox. I just was <laughs> taking him for a walk. <laughs> and helping it over the fence. <clears throat> help! It is uh, the Brian Oak Show, and it's powered by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means you should never have to hear their name, but people drink and drive, and they make terrible decisions as people. People do, but hopefully you learn as you move along. But prior to learning, you're going to need some help to get back in your car. You're going to need some help to get your life vaguely back on track. And our friends uh, at Smart Start MN are reasonable. 
They're cool. They love music, and they actually want to help you get back in. They invented the ignition interlock process here in Minnesota. A lot of carpetbaggers have come along. Don't do that. Here's one thing I would say. Be provincial. Support Minnesotans. It's something that we all do, and our friends at Smart Start MN can get you back on the road for cheaper and with a lot less hassle than you might otherwise experience. Yeah, even they'd prefer that you don't drink and drive and not get yourself into the situation. Oftentimes... Right before someone goes into a blackout, they hear the words shots, 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 oh. shots, shots. Everybody! <laughs> yeah, don't so, do that. I yeah. mean, and you know what? Go ahead and do shots. I mean, you can do to your body whatever you want. Sure. Just make sure that right before you take those next four shots, you hand your car keys to someone else or throw them in the garbage. Yeah, just, just throw them on the roof of do, the establishment. Fine. Get them the next don't, day. Don't, don't do it. But our friends, uh, Mike and Ed, can get you back on the road, as I said, sooner and safer and for cheaper than you might otherwise expect. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. I'm sorry that I came in so hot today. I just, there's been so much, almost this amplification of hatred towards gay people or queer people or bisexual, whatever. You know, I mean, again, I don't know how to put the right umbrella over all that. I guess just hatred against people in general. And that it's never been otherwise. It's got to change. We have to stop being that way. If we're going to get along, I was talking to our guest, Ann Israel, who'll be joining us very shortly here about. You know, the social contract, even though he violates it on the regular when he does the 394-94 slip-in, which is a super dick move, Dan. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not personal, bro, but that, that one hits way too close to home. That one hits way too close to home because I drive on that stretch of road every fucking day. Every goddamn oh, day. That so being sorry. said, I know you to be a better person than that. I know you to be a longtime successful Minnesota musician. And I know that you're going to be joining us for our next Patreon event, the Riverboat Concert. Yes. Which, by the way, that boat looks fucking amazing. Oh, my God. That I, was at the bottom of the Mississippi in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and was restored, including something that makes it float now. <laughs> that's a plus like a, a like a bottom yeah it's like, got a bottom now okay, yeah right, a full cool. like a full all the way across it works it's, all yeah. the way around yeah so you're saying it's buoyant it is buoyant, buoyant. it stays okay. above the water yeah. more buoyant than brian and me into a that's i don't know if that's actually possible <laughs> um but i do want to apologize for coming off so hard but all the hatred and all the venom in the last few years i mean it's always been there but in the last few years people seem to be emboldened they seem to feel empowered they seem to feel like i can say whatever the fuck i want and i don't care who it offends i'm trying to do the opposite i will say whatever the fuck i want but i want everyone to know that we're all in the same gang we're all on the same team we're all trying to do the same thing everyone's afraid man don't let your fear determine who and how and what you are and how you treat other people just be cool and like i said i don't know if i could call that first song by atc a gay anthem this is a gay anthem <laughs> let's get gay on the brian oak show here's erasure
Amen. Happy Pride Month to all those who celebrate. And guess what? I'm not just talking to gay, transgender, bisexual, queer identifying, whatever the hell people out there. Everybody should celebrate Pride Month because we're all human beings and we all got to figure this fucking thing out together. God, I'm in a sweary mood today. Dan, I hope that doesn't offend I, you. I am so not offended. And happy Pride Month. Exactly. Yeah, I just, you mm-hmm. know, it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. And of it course, is. it won't happen in our lifetimes. In fact, if anything, it seems like there's backsliding right now. Yeah, we're seeing a backlash. It's un- very unfortunate. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. me in a mood today. So I'm going to mm-hmm. try to move past that because I would rather talk about you well, and your legacy and the fact that you'll be joining us here in less than two weeks, Thursday, yeah. June 15th, on our Riverboat concert. And we'll let people know how they can get involved with that. But before we do that, Dan, where are you from? Where were you born? I am from St. Louis Park. Okay, very Minnesota, good. Minnesota, home right. of the uh, Cone Brothers and Al Franken and other people. And a lovely, Jeff Passold. Jeff Passold. There's a lovely D. Bryan's Deli in the main floor of the building that I work in, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Right there across from the West End or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yep. yeah. So I'm did gonna, you love the Cooper Theater? Can we talk I about that? I loved the Cooper Theater, yes. So I worked yes. at the Dell next to the Cooper Theater. Oh, yeah, that Dell? Yeah, sure, I loved that sure. Dell. What? Yeah, was I was, that was my first wait, waitering, waiting job, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My brother worked at the one on Manitoba Boulevard, on Lake Street, whatever. Yep, yep. I know uh, we're talking are, about. are we talking about the Lincoln Dell? Lincoln Dell, yeah. right? That, the really? Dell, yeah. We went from three Lincoln Dells to none yeah, so fast. Yeah, very sad. It was, it was, it was heartbreaking. Ooh. My grandmother, and so I guess I don't, I, I mean, I'm older than you are, yep. but somehow I've never been to a Lincoln Dell. I remember mm-hmm. driving by the one you're talking about yep. on Manitoba Boulevard yep. many, many, many yep. times. Yep. My grandmother, if anybody brought up the Lincoln Dell, mm-hmm. and she's an old irish catholic mm-hmm. woman she her eyes would sort of glaze over and i could tell her mouth would start to water from the little <laughs> bit of drool that came out of the corner she would say such incredible like the coleslaw the coleslaw yeah, was good, good at the slaw Lincoln Del- good they? slaw yeah good slaw uh all that deli stuff yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. it was i mean it, you know they, it had detractors on certain items and it was known as being a little overpriced at times for certain things i don't know nowadays if we would view it that way even with adjusted for inflation i don't think it was that expensive for what they were serving but what, uh what was the first musical instrument i mean like the first musical instrument you ever touched dan was uh, did you just plunk on a piano did you pick up a guitar did you like i am a didgeridoo guy and pick up one of those i mean in all I, sincerity what, what, was the, what was the first time <laughs> you know that they think I don't want to get I don't want to get too sidetracked on didgeridoo, but apparently <laughs> if you play it a lot, it can help with sleep apnea. And this guy invented this straw that it, it's like a new product that if you um, <laughs> sip through it multiple times a day, you strengthen the muscles that cause you to snore. And then, but we're this is way off the. Path you of, thought your snoring annoyed your wife. Try I'm, the didgeridoo <laughs> <laughs> right before bedtime. Honey, I'm going to put my didgeridoo in. Uh, and I'll see Whoa, you in the morning. not without <laughs> permission. <laughs> not without permission. Not in her, in my oh, own mouth. Oh, I see what you're saying. I love to put my didgeridoo or my replacement straw in my mouth. See, these are the kind of distractions that make a podcast worthwhile. Because I do want to hear your story. Yes. I do want to talk yeah. about your yeah. last record. And I yes. do want to talk about this upcoming event. But, but I just learned that there is a straw that can emulate the same muscle strengthening that a didgeridoo does and i did not know that when i woke up today so already my world is a richer place well um what was the actual first instrument that you ever touched piano i believe because uh i i was did you you have to take lessons i was required to take piano did you look out the window at all the other kids having fun and resent them like so like literally the classic story it is it is i had to you know i had to practice and all that yeah it my dad played piano my mom I didn't hear her play, but she did know how to play. But the real, it really skipped a generation with music a little. See, my, my mom's mom was like a concert pianist in Chicago. Wow. And um, then she... Like classical? Yeah, or? classical. Yeah, yeah, and okay. she was like a rising star in Chicago in the 40s. And then this is, I cannot even begin to, I just have to just wrap the story up and not get into it or we'll get sidetracked forever. But, but my grandfather had a PhD dissertation that got rejected from the university of Chicago and he moved the family back up to Northern Minnesota where he was from. He was, because he was fucking pissed. Yeah, he was pissed. He was, he was screw you Chicago. And you've worked that hard on your dissertation. They're like, right. This doesn't cut it. Right. So, and he was from Ely, Minnesota. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he moved the family up to the Iron Range, and my grandma taught piano up there, but there wasn't a burgeoning concert scene on the right. Iron Range. She did teach a young 
David Zimmerman piano and a young Whoa. Robert Zimmerman was supposed to take piano lessons from her as the story family story goes, but he didn't want to take piano lessons. So, you know, how I don't know how that worked out for him, but apparently he did, <laughs> he did all right. I guess he did okay. But your story and the nature of the music you write and that of one Robert Zimmerman have intertwined many times. Yeah. Many people have compared you. Thanks. Many people yeah. have put that comparison together. Do you think that that was part of your family story or were you just drawn to that kind of it, music in general? It's both. It's both. It's kind of crazy. And my mom... It wasn't until I was like maybe a teenager or even in college that I finally got this story out of her about that she was over at her friend's house. I think it was in Duluth or maybe it was down here in the cities visiting and there was this kid named Bob Zimmerman. So she had her own interaction with him, not just my grandma and my mom hung out and heard him play guitar a couple times with her friend there. Um, so, but I mean, that's just interesting that it, that my mom actually was even connected somehow. Well, for me, that's kind but of mind-bending. I think that's is. kind of amazing. And for the handful of people who don't know, I do not want to mansplain. I do not want to yeah. talk down to anybody. Yeah. Robert Zimmerman, also known as Bob Dylan. Yeah. And obviously the Minnesota story is strong. Yeah. But much of your songwriting, I'm not saying you're a clone. No. But much of your songwriting feels like if not cut from the same cloth, is somewhat informed he's, by the music of Bob Zimmerman. He's you know, looms extremely large in mine and many other songwriters, not just in Minnesota, not just in the U S all over the world. This right. guy is, you know, you can't, it's like, there isn't a, there's not enough hyperbole to explain really in the world. To oh, explain let me try. In, <laughs> in the last, in the last 100 years of popular Western music, very, very, very few figures loom as large in terms of not only stylistic influence, but, emotional and cultural impact right it's than, not just in Bob music oh, he no, might no, no, have, no. he very well he might have everything. changed the course of our history i could not agree with and, you more and and i don't know if people really get that yeah. when they talk about like you know, i hear i don't like his voice you know yeah. i mean I, that's fine by the way his voice is turned in in the last 30 years is is extremely croaky um, well, even that's I mean, when not he was really young, the point. it wasn't like he was Mel Torme no. or Gordon no, Lightfoot, right? Uh, he was never yeah. that guy. But the nature of what he did and how he did it and how badly he hated his fans from a very early <laughs> age, I mean, they re- really did define a great portion, you know. Uh, and again, I hate to sound impossibly old. I wasn't there when he did it, but him going electric. Yep. It oh, literally yeah. changed everything. <laughs> it, it, it literally changed yeah. everything. Yes. yes. And it's massive. Yeah. You have been making music for a very long time. When was the very first time you grabbed your guitar or mm-hmm. sat behind a keyboard and you sat on a stage mm-hmm. and people were rapped and you're like, this might be my thing? I, I think it actually, it was probably in college. I, so I went to Northwestern in Chicago, which so my mom was born in Chicago. There's mm-hmm. also this Chicago thing in my life because my mom's family, my mom was born there and then moved up to the Iron Range. But uh, I, I ended up at Northwestern. I was there. I was majoring in film, TV film and stuff. But I really got hardcore into music even in my freshman year. And then there, I started to really get more into writing my own songs. I had a four track recorder and I, nice. I started making demos and i formed a little group called one town horse don't look for them they're not <laughs> uh, there anymore yeah um oh i'll bet we can track them yeah can. actually you could probably google something or but, just yeah. ask roger yes my dad <laughs> is like my biggest fan yes so, he is he's uh, a good dude but uh oh my god are you saying that he's got the original masters I, that we can might. get them right now. Actually, I do because I'm moving them. Oh. currently, yeah, they're still in a in a box. But anyway, uh, I think it was there that I started to play. These, they had these things at at the dorms called munchies. It was like the dorm parties, <laughs> and I got hired for you know like fifty bucks to play. And then you I got paid money to I make was, music. Yeah, in I college. was in college already. That's why, and fifty bucks when you're in college oh, that is was real a, money, man. That was that was gold. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't believe they were paying me fifty bucks. Not to mention all the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that is every part of everyone's uh, thing in music is yeah. meeting people. 
You are one of the most diplomatic, <laughs> yes. politically astute individuals I've ever met. Before we hear more about yeah. this particular journey, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about your last record, because I hate to go too long sure, without talking sure. about music. Yeah. You put out a record late last year. Tell me the name of it. It's called Seriously. It's How just... would you say, in the course of your career, and again, mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to oversimplify who sure. and how and what you are and your overall philosophy but i imagine from those early days of just getting all that sweet college tale and who you are as a grown man today <laughs> freshman year was really uh, not i'm bad, with you no but, okay. i i I, told, yes. I understand yes. and that was it was yeah. kind of a joke um, <laughs> and but i mean like in that mm-hmm. time you've mm-hmm. grown you've put mm-hmm. out how many albums what album is this this is 17 your so, 17th yeah. studio album yeah that yeah. doesn't seem possible it does uh, it it but what did the Beatles put out like eight records? Yeah, they. I mean, well, but they, they were all right. They, did, they were pretty good. Yeah. They were. They were okay. They yeah. were okay. But in in that time, mm-hmm. over the course of seventeen albums, obviously you learn, you grow, you change, yeah. you go from being a child to a full blown ass adult. Yeah. How would you say? What do you think the number one thing that's changed about your approach to songwriting is over the course of that time? It's it's a great question because just the other day I popped in a cassette of like a demo I made in like 91, mm-hmm. 91. And, and there were things on there that I was, genuinely I was like, oh, this was pretty good. And then I was like, oh, baby did I pictures, just, man. I yeah, call that stuff baby yeah. pictures. Right? And so you do, and it's not just about trying to not be embarrassing anymore or whatever. It's just, it's just maybe getting, making some slightly more sophisticated decisions about lyrics and things like that. Um, and knowing that you're going to be stuck if if you rhyme if you do a particularly cringy rhyme, um, <laughs> you will be stuck with that, you know. And then and yeah. then when you change it, everyone will go, "Oh, I thought that used to be." And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, it was," but I was super embarrassed about that line. So that's I guess you part of the growth is learning that your decisions are things you're going to have to live with yeah. for a long time. Well, and you just also, and, you get better, right? Yeah. 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 I think you, I hopefully you do. Well, yeah. let's fucking find out right now, <laughs> shall we? All right. We're going to hear something off of Dan's album. Seriously, which came out last November, I imagine is widely available everywhere we go. Is there anything you'd like to say about this song? Take, take off again, or just want to oh, speak for itself. I do actually, uh, which one do you want to play? We don't have yeah, to play no, that let's first. do take off again. First of all, I wrote it um, after I drove all the way to the West Coast and back by myself during mm. the pandemic. West Coast is pretty big. Where'd you it's, drive to? I drove to um, Washington uh, near Seattle, but near Olympia. Gotcha. I, I got to the coast. It was very foggy, but I made it there. And I and I wrote a couple songs, partly to justify the ridiculous amount of gas and <laughs> motel costs involved in driving all the way out and the insanity, you know, of that action. But um, this song, I as I was putting the album together, I thought this was the weakest song. Okay, I just did. Every, you you always have like your favorites, and and I was like, I I don't know. And then um, and I don't play it much because it's I find it hard to remember the lyrics for some reason. Mm. But people have uh, several people, and now just a review that I just got called it the best song on the album, which is really strange. Like you think it's the worst, and someone else says it's the best. But it just goes to show you, you never are a good judge of your own work. Running all my days, mousetrapped in a maze. I flee when it gets complicated. Spinning all my tails while I'm chasing them. Don't need to be Feels like there's no escape I yearn to be 
tried my best, but it was as you guessed. Confusion's always reinstated. I just hit the Take off again. Dan Israel on The Brian Oak Show, episode 320, as though that's even possible. That doesn't sound like a real thing. We'll check in with Dan again here momentarily. But first, thanks to Moxie Wealth Management. They are a comprehensive wealth management company. Now, I, to me, the notion of managing wealth sounds like something far, far, far away from anything that I could possibly be involved in because I'm like, well, I've got this, I've got that, i got a few things here and there, but I'd, I wouldn't call any of it wealth. It certainly doesn't feel wealthy, but that's where Moxie Wealth Management comes in, I think, because they can take a comprehensive look at your assets, at your taxes, at your insurance, at your properties, whatever the case may be. And they stay in touch, and they work with you to help develop and grow that. And let's be honest, Sean, none of us are getting any younger. And the sooner you start paying attention to those sorts of concerns, the sooner you can hopefully afford to stay alive longer. You may, I think what I hear hear what you're saying is you may not want to just count on Social Security for your retirement. I didn't even, I thought that was already gone. I thought that had already been smoked by all the hippies in Congress. I thought they already smoked all that shit up. Yeah, no, and that's one of the many things I'm saying is obviously that will be a part of the package, whatever piddle yeah. remains of it. But there are other things in your life right now that do have value and that do deserve to be paid attention to. I hate that stuff. I, yeah. I can barely be forced to look at my taxes every year, let alone think about what long-term wealth and money management looks like. But it is an important thing to take care of and our friends at moxie wealth management a they're cool as hell and b they do a good job yeah they're not going to guilt and shame you about where you're at now but they will tell you what you need to do to get where you want to be for retirement um go to moxiewealthmanagement.com set an appointment it's just an informational appointment at this point they'll ask you about what you have where and they'll actually help you put together a plan that might even include some way to be able to do some tax sheltering and things like that um, they've got a full team there, moxiewealthmanagement.com. Years ago, I decided I was putting all my money and my Indian head coins, pardon, I realize that's not politically appropriate, but you know what I mean, my Native yeah. American head coins, into mason jars and burying them in the backyard. But then I moved and I completely forgot all that there. Oh, so no. I'm waiting for those people to go on vacation so I can <laughs> yeah. head over there with a shovel and get... I'll join you, man. Get, Middle of the night. Get what little money... I, that sounds... That's almost is like a Frankenstein adventure. That right? yeah. actually I like sounds that. fun. I, yeah. <laughs> but... But do you have some sort of map, or do you have? You're just gonna. I know where you it know is. Where it is. You no, know, Brian. Just, there's no map. We're there's gonna, no map. We're gonna, there's not a map. We, but <laughs> I, I do know where the house is. But we uh-huh. are gonna have to dig up almost the entire backyard because I'm sure I tried to well, outwit myself at the time, yeah. thinking no one will ever figure this I'm, out. I'm sure they won't mind some stranger coming in. That's why we do it when they're backyard. not around, man. Yep. We do it when they're not yep. around. We wait yep. until they go on their annual family holiday. Yep. Sean Bernard, you are a friend of mine, and you and I have worked together on and off for many, many years, decades. Some might even call it. You also are a realtor for Remax Results. And, oh, I've almost said something so cheesy in radio that I just could. Things are really heating up right now, Sean. Is that true? It is. You know, right now, yeah. the bark is just red hot, hot, hot. <laughs> it's just so hot and humid outside right now. Yeah, I know. As soon as it started to come out of my mouth, I'm like, God, I hate myself. I just, I really do. Um, that being said, you do good work and you work well with people and you donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. And things are actually, despite the corniness of the phrase, heating up right now. Yeah? They are. In fact, our good friend uh, sitting right by us here, Dan Israel, uh, and I work together on his 
great new pad, as they called it in the 70s. My swinging pad. He's oh, got a nice. swinging pad now. Yeah. Do you have one of those chairs that's shaped like a hand? I don't yet. Hey, there's still time for a housewarming gift, Brian. I, I, that's why I'm asking, because if you already had one, I'm not going to go out to some vintage store and spend $17 on a hand chair. <laughs> but if he doesn't have one, I'll keep my eyes open. Well, just, yeah, put it on your... Yeah, you know, yeah, radar. Are you more like do you like orange? You like brown? Um, what do you like? Maybe like a like kind of a mustard you yellow. Know, if you can find a hand chair, you just don't worry. Any about color. The color, very yeah, good. Thank any you. Any color will do. So, yeah. I knew Dan a little bit before this yeah. whole thing happened. Yeah. Now I've gotten to know Dan a whole lot better through mm. this process. The Un- other, unfortunately for Sean, <laughs> yeah, right. The really really cool thing that I've always loved, and I'm just a huge nerd about this, and you know this because of Ron and Judy. Yeah. My parents. I, I love meeting people's parents. Yeah. Especially when they're just freaking awesome. This guy right here. They're they're way more awesome than me. They're just really, they really, really people. good people. They're just Same. kind and caring Thank and just, you, Is just there you're anything so better fortunate. than having killer parents? No. Like, I mean and oh, I don't mean no. killer parents. I don't mean like we, you know, no, mass murderer yeah. parents. They are not I mass mean murders, and no, neither but, are mine. I have two of the best people in the world so in do my I. corner. Yeah. And so do I. I basically have them to thank for anything good I've ever done or yep. anything good I've ever expressed. Yep. It's, well, it's just they it also it was so cool to for me to see how much they love you and care yeah, about you and support you and are your biggest fans. And they are. That's and, really awesome. To and see. my children and my siblings yeah. and their children. It's like, yeah. they are just, uh, yeah. I met your daughter, not your find. son. I'll have to w- wait to do that. Yeah. He's headed east uh, for He's college soon. East. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's that sounds, east. that sounds expensive. <laughs> uh, it it would be, but then we could get into. Oh, let's, that's yeah. a whole let's save. Other. No, I'm, I'm not really. Let's just I'm not sing the praises of financial aid right now. Ha 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 ha! Yeah, yes. We're happy about that. So if you know of somebody looking to buy or sell, six one two eight five nine two five nine four. And I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. And sometimes when they are the artist or musician, I donate to them. Not only are we donating to Dan, yeah, but we hired Dan and Steve Branzig to play our riverside boat cruise it's not really a cruise because we're going to be parked yeah. we're going to be docked right the, there the so boat's people can not come heading and go. out into the river yeah we don't we just for people that have to come and go this is an incredibly busy time of the year yeah uh we will be doing that event on june 15th which is a thursday which is a thursday from 6 30 till 9 p.m a very reasonable time frame by the yep. way i wish that most of life happened as a guy who gets up at 4 a.m every day when i see that things are like oh we'll be done at nine i'm like oh delightful that yeah. sounds amazing <laughs> so they'll be playing music for about an hour and a half um which i can't wait for that there's about 50 seats on the boat mm. we are we still have some room so if you hear this message um i've already sent the invite to the patreon members but if you hear this message and you didn't get my email for some reason reach out to me the letter i the letter m s e a n b a r n a r d at gmail.com to rsvp there's about 75 total Places on the boat for people, but only 50 seats if you get my drift. So yeah, there's yeah, some standing room only. some standing. Yeah. So so we still have a little bit of room. If you're really interested and want to make it happen, get a hold of me right away. I am seanbernard at gmail.com. That's Imsy and Barnyard. Is that what that was? Exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, here's the deal. Our Patreon members are always first and foremost, but anyone who's ever been a guest on this show, we've got room for you. And anybody who's ever listened to this show, but hasn't been able to pull the trigger on being a Patreon, if it really matters to you, you really want to come out and see Dan, reach out to Sean. I am S E A N B A R N A R D at gmail.com gmail.com um we want to make sure that we have a nice pack by the way this boat i'm looking at it yeah, right it's, here it's not like some little rowboat no, no no nor is it even like a really sweet you know sea ray speedboat no it's amazing this is a yacht yeah. um and it's but it's also enclosed so if the mosquitoes come out and force that yeah. night we're gonna be fine and it's a proper music studio at the same I time saw that yeah so it's so cool but if you want fresh air you can go upstairs uh to the promenade you can go upstairs. I'm sorry. sorry. Is Isaac going to be serving <laughs> yeah, drinks exactly. up on the Lido deck? Exactly. You know, I'm glad he brought up drinks because they cannot serve alcohol, but you can bring your own drink. So it's a little weird for us, but... You can bring your own drink onto the boat? Yes, you can. Or they just sit in the parking lot and get hammered before you head you out there? You could do whatever you want to do. Just don't jump off the boat like Mishki did at one Hubbard uh, broadcasting I event. can't imagine jumping off the yeah. boat. He was very hot, he said. <laughs> 
That's a true story there's, about Mischke. There's nothing. Suddenly he jumped into Lake Minnetonka. One of my favorite things about doing what I do for a living and also doing this podcast is getting to talk to people that I wouldn't get to normally see every day. Meeting people is one of the coolest fucking things on the planet. Now, again, there are a bunch of duds out there, and there are a bunch of irritating <laughs> fucking dickheads out there, but when you meet the right people, like just the other day, I met Smooth, right? Yeah. I mean, he's driving Semisonic's bus for them for the next two months, and I met him completely out of nowhere, won him over. Meeting people is cool, so coming to an event like this is going to be cool, plus you're going to get music from Dan Israel, who's sitting right across from us right here. Dan, in what ways, or how do I want to phrase this? Over the course of your career, obviously, you work hard, right? And mm-hmm. you work to protect your pro- perfect, you'll perfect your craft. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to run into unexpected bonuses and these sort of unexpected moments where time and place collide. Have there been any particular people over the course of your adult life where you met them expecting nothing from them and they turned out to have a huge impact on who and how and how things have developed? Yeah, I, th- I think there have been a few linchpin people in musically. It tends to be people who I record with mm-hmm. so uh, and play play with in a band. So Dave Russ has been one that's just... I. He's been drumming in my band since 1999. That's a long time. Yeah. Recorded a lot of stuff together. Rich Matson would be another. Oh, yeah. Um, Did a lot of records with Rich in the last few years, particularly. That guy is like the most understated wizard, by the way, of all time. Incredible. Like, he's quiet. You know? I mean, he's not a flashy guy. He's not a, he's not a, I'll tell you what kind of guy. But he also is kind of that guy without saying it. Like, that guy, the number of People who have told me over the last few decades what a wizard that guy is. Yep. I just, yep. you know, and I've only spoken to him a couple times, yep. but I just, I sort of live in awe of who yep. he is, kind of like John Fields. Yeah, yeah. Fields is another one. And I've only tangentially worked with Fields, like I'd not really through John Herkert, who did some production on on record with me and then had Fields play on a couple things. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely view him that way. And Steve Price would be another one who I've recorded with, who's fantastic. Uh, so it, it does tend to, and and then connecting with Steve Bransig as, uh, so he plays guitar in in my band now, but he also is in the suburbs and yep. plays with, you know, he was in played in Bash and Pop and he all these things over mm. the years. Uh, and it's just. It's kind of amazing to get to this point and suddenly meet somebody new who you connect with musically that strongly, you know, like not new to the world, but new to your life. And well, that's kind of like with yeah. friends and everything. Yeah. Like you don't expect at this stage of the game to meet new people that are right. going to be a permanent part right. of your life or have as big an but, impact as they do musically, socially, yeah. professionally, anything. You got to be open to those things, I guess. I mean, I say that even though I'm extremely curmudgeonly sometimes and <laughs> feel like you know the you know the old soul thing yeah, I, yeah. I was basically born in a crabby old man yeah and before and, you even had a chance yeah to, well that would explain your success at striking out in your freshman year of college <laughs> nice <laughs> freshman year was really was a little bleak except, <laughs> except that ways. it was in in many formative ways, though but it was also exactly yeah. formative yeah. and a launching pad yeah. for how it's all gone since then. Yes, yes. I want to ask you a question about yeah. Steve and this picture yeah. I'm looking at right here. Yeah. He's playing his guitar right-handed. Does he string a left-hand guitar upside down, or is that I, image reversed? Uh, but even if it is, I mean, do, do you play left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. And so is he. he but that guitar he is does. upside he flips, down. Yeah, he does that. Yes. So and he, he, also, got, he has a left-handed guitar strung upside correct. down that he plays I, right-handed. I mean, I think so. I think so. it's sure what it looks like there. I have photographic He's, proof. No, you're you're right. And here's the other thing, Mr. I, Israel. Answer the question. <laughs> no, I'm just the, the other thing that amazed me was I played with him for a couple of years before I realized that he was always playing in open G tuning, like Keith Richards. Like it, I would be like, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that like he's when I'm telling him. So, and finally, I looked at his hands. I'm like, wait, are you in? Are you in open tuning all the time? And he's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, wow. So for you those know, of us who don't have even yeah. the slightest fucking idea <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about, um, and I'm going to put myself under that umbrella, sure. what what, okay. what, so what what makes it odd that you're always playing? I mean, because I right. understand you can tune it to right. 8,000 right. different ways. Yes. What's the odd thing about the, always playing open tuning? Okay, so most people, when they learn to play guitar, yeah. and this would be 99% of people when they learn, in the, in the modern era, I'm sure if you had a gut bucket guitar in the blues, you know, 
way back when. You <laughs> might have just learned the other way. But usually you learn to play in what's called standard tuning, which is the, the strings are tuned to E, A, D, G, B, E. And and that's how you learn all the chords. And it's how you learn everything. You learn the scales, the chords, everything in t- according to this way of tuning the strings with kind of what they're meant to be tuned to, I guess you might say. Right. But then um, Keith Richards would be the one who, and he talks about it in his book. It was sort of like this revelation to him because he learned it from, apparently Ry Cooter showed him or somebody. But once he got going in the, what was called open G tuning, which is basically when you strum the guitar, you could strum it without using your left hand at all and you'd still be playing a chord oh okay okay and and then you move your hand around and you create different kinds of chords but what you get is more ringing more sustain on lots of things but it just brings different tonalities out of everything and um i never played in open tunings at all right. until about 15 years ago maybe 20 and then it started to creep into where i started to write songs in open and i wrote them in open Open G and Open D would, would be the two that I've messed with. G is the one that Keith plays in. And he actually takes his low string off completely. He only plays with five strings. Really? I know. It's just so bizarre. It sounds, yeah. like, it sounds like a gateway drug to me. It, so it kids, yeah. Joni Mitchell, it, like almost everything she's ever done has been in an open tuning. These are strange things. If you try to learn those people's songs yeah. without oh tuning your guitar the way they do, it'll never sound You'll right. never get there. Never. Kids, never. Stay in school <laughs> and stay away from open tuning. We're going to hear another song right now by Dan Israel. Tell me about How Do I. How Do I is a love song uh, that I wrote for my girlfriend, Eden. And I know that's kind of the ah, like, you know, cheesy ah moment. Isn't sometimes. that the number one inspiration for all music it, that's it, ever been it, written? It, it She's is. lovely, too, it by is. the way. She's an incredible person who uh been together uh, four years about now and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I think I mentioned in the song that I am a difficult person to be in a relationship with, which should come <laughs> as news to no one. Um, but especially her. Um, but I love her dearly, and that's what I was trying to express in the song. How do I tell you how I feel? How do I show you that it's real? How do I thank you for standing right by me? How do I love you the way that you ought to be loved? How do I know that this is it? The only one that ever fit? How do I keep it? Simply imploded. How do I keep all that's good from eroding? I wanna give you everything, and I know you can't put around. I know you've been wrong. I know love can't sting, and I don't. Speak louder than words And I know we've been here before Guess I'm a bit scared Of how much it can ache But I know I feel this To the core To the core How do I tell you what I feel How do I show you I'm sincere How do I say it
I will never in my life call a love song cheesy because I, there's nothing there's nothing better and nothing worse than being in love. And so a song that you're propelled by, even if it's coming from the warmest part of your heart, also speaks to the complexity of love. And I that great. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. Thank I have you. a question for you as an artist. So I I never had the discipline to really sit down and learn. I sang a bit when I was young and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but I love the creative process. You know, I've spent 30 years interviewing artists about their process and mm-hmm. who and how and what they do, and it's different for everybody. Yeah. I want to ask you this. You're 17 records into a lifelong career of making music. Mm-hmm. 17 full-length studio albums, mm-hmm. which is a lot, by the way. Yeah. I have to imagine that every time you've gone to make a record, mm-hmm. you have written more songs than there is room for on the record. Correct. This is the part that I am most fascinated by. Mm-hmm. I wonder, has there ever been a situation where you're like, this song is so fucking good that I just made, but it doesn't fit this oh. record. Mm. So do you shoehorn that song somehow weirdly into the record or st- staple it on the end or do you sometimes just say this one has to sit on the shelf longer i have tended to put out what was good that i had at the time yeah regardless of what the supposed thematic uh content of the record was so you would have never made it in a a prog rock band like yes is what you're telling me (laughs) i would never have made it in a prog rock (laughs) i just i wouldn't have made it in a prog rock band period yes oh i don't know man i imagine you and rick wakeman would probably get along pretty famously i'm sure those guys are really cool actually (laughs) but i mean theme yeah is so important for some people when it comes to album when it comes to expression right and i just wonder like if you know this song is killer but it doesn't match one of these things is not like the other right it doesn't not match anything else that i put together for this record but you still you want to get it on there because you know it's a good effort right well see now this is i have all these every artist you know has various pushes and pulls on what guides them musically artistically whatever for me i think when it comes down to it i'm still a total sucker for a for a hit song for a hook yeah and like if i think something's good i that would always that would always trump i hate to you know, we, we need to be, reclaim the word Trump, by we the way. Absolutely yes. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's no, not no, even no, his no, no, name. No. That, that's orange yes. turd. Yeah. That's all we say there, all right? We say orange it's, turd. He's drunk a, a Trump, anyway. A Trump yeah. is a card-playing yeah. turd. Right. Both my grandmothers right. were... Man, they were both lovely, beautiful, kind, nurturing women. But as soon as the fucking cards came out, oh my the God. Glo- gloves came <laughs> yeah, off, yeah. man. <laughs> Betty and Denise, they were not fucking around, whether it was canasta or poker or hearts or whatever. I mean, a Trump, yeah. a Trump is yeah. a card yes. term, yes. not that fucking dick. Yes. So what I'm saying is it, when it when the chips are down to keep the card thing I like going, it. I will always side with the song that I think is good, and I will always want it out there, regardless of whether it sort of fits the concept of the album. I guess, I guess, what I'm sort of saying is that it, when you lay it all out, I'm more Beatles than Led Zeppelin or okay. something. You know, right. like I just love songs, and I yes, I love albums, but I see albums primarily as collections of great songs, okay. rather than some immutable you know, cohesive thing that always has to adhere to, you know, thematically. It's not a novel. It is a collection of your music. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, you brought up Led Zeppelin. Do you have any songs about hobbits? Even one. (laughs) I do not. Even one. Regretfully, I, oh, are you anti songs about hobbits or no? Pro? I'm super pro songs about hobbits. Super, (laughs) super pro. This will, this will shock and dismay you, Brian, but I've never read Tolkien. Oh, Never. Good thing and he said that at the end of the show. Yeah. This is fucking over. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. And it's curtains. You know what? The the men of Rivertown <laughs> who helped the hobbits escape from mighty smog by stuffing them into barrels are weeping right now. They are weeping through the centuries and the fact that they never actually existed. Danny Israel is going to be the entertainment on our Riverboat concert. For those of you who are not yet members of Patreon for The Brian Oak Show, you could change that and you could guarantee yourself a spot on that boat, even if it's out there jumping into the water with me by about 8 o'clock or so. If it's hot out, I'm jumping in the water. You're going in? You're, you're going to do uh, a Mishki? No, that sounded way, way too aggressive and It didn't go well when the boat was moving, mm. by the way. Oh, Ask yeah, Mishki no, no, about this, that. But this yeah. boat's going to be tethered still, to the shore. It'll you're be tethered. Be yeah. So, I mean, mm. if you have, like, you know, colitis or 
or whatever, you're going to be fine. You'll have access to a bathroom, that sort of thing. I have a bathroom on the boat. Syndrome, yeah. so I'm I'm not worried. Oh no 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 yeah. no 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 no. Pooping on the boat is like pooping on a tour bus. It <laughs> yeah. is not allowed. Not cool. Go find a spot in the bushes. Just avoid the poison oak. Where do people? What's ground zero for Dan Israel's music? Um. Ground zero. You mean like who? Who do I connect with? No, no. no. Wait, wait, wait. People want your music. You've got oh, seventeen goddamn. Oh, where records. do you so go for it? If people, yes, if, that's like, that. okay, they, they want to know your thoughts yes. on the day. They want yeah. to be able to get one of your. You, you right. want to go on on the internet. The okay. World Wide Web. I understand. The information superhighway. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that it's very get, popular. Get get your vehicle up to speed uh-huh. and enter at any of the entrance ramps known as your. Your personal computer or and your Mac. Don't stop at the bottom of the ramp because right. that is a bad move. Just keep moving. Keep yep. moving. There's yep. plenty of room on the internet for everyone. <laughs> there is. Zipper apparently. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I would go to my website, danisraelmusic.com. Okay. I would look on all of the you know streaming services for and don't just look under I, this is this is a frustration for me maybe somebody out there can help me with this i have music out there is dan israel mm-hmm. i have music out there is dan israel and the cultivators okay and i have music out there as the cultivators and so far i've not been able to explain to spotify or any of the services that's all the same person there's um, not like a tag yeah, or I something just you can like, embed there, or but somebody out there i know there's someone out there listening right now who knows how to fix that? And they're shaking their so, fucking head. Yeah. They're like fucking Dan Israel, Israel, man. Get your tech head out of your ass. Where are your it's, best margins if people want to buy your music oh, so online? B- Bandcamp yes. is, is really the the best way. And I have a lot of stuff up on Bandcamp. So Great. if you just go find my Bandcamp page, which I trust if you're on Bandcamp, you can just search for Dan Israel and find it. Or the cultivators um, or, or Dan Israel <laughs> and the cultivated cultivators yes, or whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, whatever it is. And, you know, then it's also in some of our local stores, you know, the Electric Fetus, mm. um, Mill City Sound. I've heard right. of that place. Yeah, I've, that, that might sound familiar to you, mm, Brian. It does. Um, down in the Valley. Also a fine um, establishment. All of your your classic yeah. twin, Barely Brothers oh. carries some of my music. Let It Be. Probably oh, that's a, gone. A that's Garda, gone. A Garda, a Garda has Solsta. my v- vinyl, Solsta, yeah, all yeah. the, yep. We, so, we have, so I work for one, and I really yeah. try to promote the record store that I work at. Yes. But we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to quality record stores in the Twin Cities. For yes. a market this size, yes. we are record rich. Yeah, and, we are. Um, whether you're into CDs, whether you're into vinyl, mm-hmm. maybe you just want to steal stuff for free online, but don't be a dick. Don't do that, all right? <laughs> let, let's let Dan keep doing what he does, and hopefully we'll see everybody in just a couple weeks when you are headlining the entertainment on the Riverboat concert mm-hmm. for our Patreon members. Dan, this has been highly enjoyable thank you likewise thank you so thanks much for coming appreciate uh, it once again I want to thank smart start mn i want to thank the good people at moxie wealth management i want to thank you sean bernard thank you brian i'm okay. going to say it again i want to thank you sean bernard i want to thank you brian okay. uh, that's good guys Is that <laughs> <enough? Yeah. laughs> i want thank to thank you, you both too thank we you, always okay. wrap Great up we always wrap up the show with a kiss because it's fucking pride month and all you squares <laughs> can fuck off yeah all right not you dan i'm talking about you know who i'm talking about all i those, do the I haters do. The, haters the haters out there yep. um we're gonna see you in a couple weeks man i really Great. look forward yeah, to it me too. um tell me about this last song if you'd like to i know it's the title track from your 17th studio album seriously is there anything you want to throw in before we hear it well you came in hot you know upset with the world today not everybody in the world just just the fucking people who carry so much hate in their heart that they can't get out of their own fucking way well that is pretty much in a word what this song is about too it's uh I, you know, I say, I seriously don't know what to do. I don't know anymore. You know, you shake your head, the shootings, the, the, the violence, the hatred, all this crap. And that it just came out of feeling, um, overwhelmed and helpless. And the only thing I could think to do was write a song.
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.